0: In the book of Psalms, we're going to look at a passage there, and then we're going to look at a passage in the book of Philippians. So, Psalms 118. Psalms 118. I do apologize. We're working on uh, getting our PA system tweaked out a little bit. We've had a few issues with it, and so uh, uh, can everybody in the back hear me? Okay, are we good? You can hear me. I'd rather not do this. All right, if I can keep from it, uh, but if I need to, I will. But I think we're we're okay. Everybody good in the back for 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 the. You can hear me okay? All right, praise the Lord. Psalm 118. I'm going to read two verses here, verse 23 and 24. And I'm going to read a verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and I think you'll be able to pick up real quick the subject matter of these verses. So as we do, uh, for in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, if you'll stand with me, please, as we read the Scripture. Psalms 118, verse 23 and 24. Uh, two simple, short verses, but man, what great truth. The Bible says... This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, if you want to turn over there, a very uh, familiar uh, passage of Scripture. The Bible says this, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be here in your house. Uh, Lord, thank you for the gathering of your people, the singing of your praises. Now, Lord, as we take our our time now to turn our attention to your word, uh, Holy Spirit of God, I ask that you would be active in our midst. Uh, I sent your presence already Lord I know you're here and I pray that you'd help us today I pray you'd speak to us to the preaching of the word of God today Lord as I pray every week if there was someone that's here that doesn't know you as personal savior Lord that they would accept you before it's eternally too too late those of us that are saved God I pray you'd allow us to uh, take the word of God and use it to help us make us better for you we love you we thank you and we ask it in your name Jesus amen thank you you may be seated of course, we are uh, in the month of November, and uh, we've already been talking about it this morning. We're going to be, in the next couple of weeks, uh, uh, targeting, uh, celebrating that of Thanksgiving. Now, let me just stop and say this. I don't think Thanksgiving ought to be just one week out of the year. Amen? I think as Christians, we ought to be thankful every single day of the year, because I'm going to tell you something, folks, there's always something to be thankful for. Amen? And my mom in her kitchen has a sign that says, there is always, 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 always something to be thankful for. Amen. And I echo that. That that is so true. But, uh, you know, I I want to kind of take it a step this morning beyond Thanksgiving. And instead of, and we will be preaching some along these lines in the next few weeks, uh, but instead of necessarily talking about a season of Thanksgiving, how about this? A season of rejoicing. A season of rejoice. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really necessarily was the, the direction I wanted to go this morning. Of course, uh, we got the news, uh, a bit yesterday of our dear sister Pam who just lost her son in a car accident. And then we got news this week of a dear friend who, uh, has been to this church before. Helped me out at the house when we built it. Uh, brother Gene Methsteller. And, uh, brother Gene was actually at our, uh, talked about wanting to even help us in the new building, uh, with the HVAC. But uh, he passed away this week and, and others. And, and and, folks, I'll be honest with you, wasn't necessarily the message I wanted to preach, but the more I got looking at it, uh, I knew this is the message a little bit have for us today. Amen? And so here's the title of the message Learning to Rejoice When You Have No Reason to Rejoice. Learning to rejoice when you have no reason to rejoice. Now, if there's ever a command in the Bible that seems impossible to obey, it may be the command we read in Philippians 4 4 to rejoice. All way. I mean, we ask ourselves the question, how in the world can I rejoice when I'm grief-stricken and faced with tragedy? How can I rejoice when I look around and there doesn't seem a lot to, be, to, to rejoice about? Well, I believe the secret to maintaining a consistent rejoicing heart is knowing how to find a reason to rejoice when there seems not to be one. And folks, I'll just tell you this, amen, you know this about me, I make this statement often, I'm a glass half full, not a glass half empty guy, amen, and I I, I am thankful for the life God's allowed me to live, thankful for what God allows me to do, but truth be told, you know what, there's some days that's harder to face than others, that's just reality, amen. And that's where we all live at. That's what we all have to deal with in this thing called the Christian life. Listen, folks, Jesus never promised us a life that was going to be a bed of roses. You know what Jesus promised us? Praise God, eternal life. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? You know what else He promised us? A cross to bear. Amen? A cross to bear. And you know what? Truth be told, uh, if you just look at circumstances, you just get your eyes on the things around, there's not a lot to rejoice about. But praise God, that's not the source of our rejoicing. Amen? And so I'm going to give you some things this morning. I pray to be a blessing. pray to be a help to you. And uh, talking about how to rejoice when you have no reason to rejoice. Number one. Amen. Here we go. You ready? Remember a reason. Remember a reason. Second Peter chapter three, verse one, the Bible says, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I, here's the phrase, stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. Now listen, if you're right now experiencing something and there's nothing to rejoice about, then hey, guess what? Use the mind God's given you and and recall and remember a reason to rejoice. Amen? Remember a past blessing. Rejoice over what God has done for you. I mean, come on, if we're not careful, we develop a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately-God mentality. And by the way, let me just remind you something about God. Amen? He's not here to serve us. We're here to serve Him. Amen? Amen. All right? And uh, if we're not careful, we start treating God like a genie in a bottle. We only want Him when we need Him. And when we do need Him, we want Him to do something that's, uh truth be told, is for selfish purposes. Amen? That's not who God is. You know, if we're saved, uh, we can forever uh, have a memory uh, of things that we can think about, look back to, and rejoice over. I don't know about you folks. God has been awful good to me in my life. Amen? By the way, just the fact that you woke up in America this morning means God's been good to you too. Amen? And so listen, think back. Think about a a past blessing. And I know I sound like a broken record, and I I try not to to bring it up all the time, but just the miracle of what God did to plant this church in this place. I'm going to tell you, when I think about that, I rejoice. Amen? I rejoice. I rejoice because of all the answered prayer. I rejoice because of all the miracles that God has done getting White River Baptist Church playing in Princeton, Indiana. Amen? And I think about uh, uh, back about those things. I think about those times where we we, we, we traveled up and down Highway 41 looking for a place to, to get a church building. I think about that. I think about the time where the, our very first service, I was looking at some pictures this week and saw some pictures. Well, I think it was the the, the photo album that the church gave me last week, and I appreciate that, by the way. And But I was looking through that and saw some pictures of our first service. I got pictures on my computer uh, of the the last five years of different things God's done here. And let me tell you what I do when I see that. I rejoice. Amen? So listen to me, folks. When we share memories of God's goodness and provisions, you know what that does? It builds faith for the next generation. It's exactly what it does. Amen? It builds faith for the next generation. And what I love about what God does, and by the way, parents, that's why you ought to have your young people involved in church because they don't just get to hear about a miracle, they get to witness a miracle. Amen? They get to be part of a miracle, part of what God's doing. Very interesting thing God commanded the children of Israel to do when they crossed over Jordan into the Promised Land. In Joshua chapter 4, and I, I won't read the whole passage, but here's what the Bible says. And, and those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land and begins to talk about the miracles God did to get Israel into the promised land. Amen? And you know what God had them do? Was to set up those stones of, uh, of a memorial so that it could be a witness to the future generations. Let me tell you what God's doing here, folks, amen, whether you realize it or not. He's setting up some stones of memorial that can be a witness to the future generations that, hey, 2021, God's still alive and well, amen? Hey, listen, He's on His throne this morning. He's where He's always been and always will be. Nothing takes God by surprise, alright? He's not all concerned about, you know, the new the, the new variant of whatever's floating around uh, down here on earth. He's not concerned about that one bit. He knows all, controls all, and everything's working out according to His plan. Amen. And there needs to be some Christians that will, will be a witness and a testimony of that, not just for us, but for our future generations. So let me just encourage you, when you uh, are, are, are have no reason to rejoice, remember a reason. By the way, that's what we're going to be doing here uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We're going to have a Thanksgiving service. We're going to be remembering some things that we have to be thankful about. And by the way, come with the testimony. Amen? Uh, be ready to testify and tell us some things that the Lord did and, uh, so that that way we can spend an evening just giving God what He deserves, which is glory and honor. Amen? So remember a reason. How about this, number two? Uh, borrow a reason. All right? Borrow a reason. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-six. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or whether one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now we're talking about rejoicing this morning, but let me just stop real quick and, 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 and point this out to you. notice what he says. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. And I'm gonna tell you, my heart goes out to our dear sister Pam this morning. And you know why? Because one of our members is, is suffering right now. And uh, you know what? We come along beside her and we help bear that burden with her. And you know, we're going to suffer a little bit with her, amen? Because she's part of the body of Christ here. And I want to tell you something, folks, that's how the body works. That's, what, that's, that's how God has set it up to do. But what we're talking about is rejoicing with them that do rejoice. Now listen, there may be right now nothing rejoice-worthy happening in your life. How about this? What about those around you? I tell you, it's interesting about about life. Normally, you know the old saying, "Misery loves company," right? Okay, most of the time, uh, it doesn't all happen to everybody at once. By the way, thank God for that, all right? And you know what? Uh, life is filled with cycles. And uh, you know what? Uh, uh, maybe somebody is going through something that is difficult, something that's hard, but another somebody is going through a time of rejoicing, a time of blessing. Now listen, when somebody else has something good happening to them, you know what we ought to be mature enough Christians to do? Rejoice with them, amen? By the way, not get jealous, not get mad. Well, why is God doing that for them and not for me? Well, maybe if you change your attitude, he'd do it for you too. Amen? Okay? Listen, rejoice with those that rejoice. Okay? Perfect illustration of that. All right? My friends were here last week. You saw about ten of them. And they came uh, to Indiana from North and South Carolina to hunt deer. And uh, they, were, they were up north hunting deer. And uh, I was kind of keeping up with them throughout the week. And, uh, they, and I asked I said, how's, how's things going? And one of them, Brother Connor, sent me a picture of a big 11-point buck he killed last week. Now, I'm, obviously you know I'm a big deer hunter, amen, and I like to hunt deer too. Now, if I was carnal, and maybe I did it just a little bit, all right, that's not fair. How come he got to do that, not me? There's a little bit maybe saying that. No, just kidding, all right. No, you, you know what? I texted him back. I'm like, oh, man, right, here's what I said. I'm so happy for you. And by the way, I didn't just say it. I meant it. Now, that's just some little you know, silly illustration, but truth be told, folks, that's the way it ought to be in the Christian life. Amen? God blesses uh, some of our fellow brothers and sisters. We ought to rejoice with them that rejoice. Hey, borrow a reason to rejoice. Amen? All right, borrow a reason. Remember a reason and borrow a reason. Then num- Number three, how about this? This is good. Anticipate a reason. How about this? The Bible says this, Romans 12, 12. Listen to these two, the, the simple phrase, this three-word simple phrase. Here it is. You Ready? Rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Now, have you ever thanked God in advance for something He's not yet done for you? You know, the Bible instructs for us to rejoice in hope. You know what that means? It means this. In confidence and faith of something that has not yet transpired. Amen? Let me tell you something, folks, all right? This is where it starts getting good, all right? This is where our face put to the test. Listen, I am thankful, first of all, for what God has done in the past. I'm thankful for that. We already talked about that. I rejoice in that. I am thankful and rejoice in what God is doing in the present, amen? To be able to experience what God is doing in in the life of our church, in the life of us individually, man, that's something worth rejoicing about. But how about this? I'm not just uh, rejoicing in the past and the present. I'm already rejoicing in the future. In the future. Because let me tell you something, folks, God has got more in store for us than we can even think or imagine what He wants to do to use, use us as a church body to accomplish things for the for the kingdom of God. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's things right now that I'm anticipating and you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm starting to get excited about it. I'm rejoicing about it. Because I'm going to tell you, it's worth rejoicing about. Amen? Anticipating a reason. You know what? I don't know about you, but I think we all know uh, we have a, a lost uh, a family members or friends that aren't saved yet. You know what? I'm rejoicing in the day that they're going to get saved. I think about brother judah when he was here a few weeks ago and told us that story about his father hey he he, he was putting that to practice remember what he said that that uh, sunday evening as he told us about his death look up here it's all good it's all good go ahead and look up here okay Y'all have heard a crying kid before, amen. <laughs> all right, it's all good. Sometimes that, thats what I feel like doing to my own preaching. All right, <laughs> so it's all good, no problem, amen. By the way, that's part of a growing church having kids, and that's why we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to—we're going to expand our auditorium. We're going to get our nursery put there in the back, so it's all good, amen. And uh, but uh, I remember Brother Judah was here Sunday night. Remember what he said toward the end? He says, I'm looking forward to the day where I can give this testimony, and then my dad can walk out and tell it better than I could ever tell it. Amen? You know what he's doing? He's rejoicing. He's anticipating a reason to rejoice. And folks, let me just say this, all right? We have got to, uh, as Christians, be looking ahead and being thankful, and, and, and truth be told, it's an act of faith of what God is going to do for us in the future. I don't back to y'all, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Every time I drive out on that church property out there, I start getting excited. Amen? Because you know what? I can see what God wants to do there. I can envision it. I can picture it. I can see that new building God's going to give us with more Sunday school room and more room so we can start more Sunday school uh, classes. And, and I think about that fellowship hall that's also going to be a big children's church room. Amen? And I think about those buses God's going to one day give us. And I think about all those boys and girls coming in from the community and hearing Jesus' Preach to them, and getting saved, and God changing their life. I, I see that. I anticipate. I'm rejoicing in that. Amen? Yeah, amen? Let me tell you something, folks. We've got to have a vision beyond ourselves. All right? We've got to look beyond just the here and now, and not just think about what God's doing now, but what He's going to do, and then rejoice in that. Amen? And I'm talking about the things in this life, but how about this? i tell you, this really gets me excited. Amen? You know what? I'm thinking about the life God has for us beyond this earth. I don't know about you all. But I think about the rapture quite a bit. Okay? By the way, we ought to. Amen? You know why we ought to? Because this world's not our home we're just passing through. We are pilgrims. We're strangers. We're sojourners. Listen, folks, our citizenship isn't here. It's there. Amen? And I told you this before, but, but I, I mean it. I literally sometimes lay in bed at night and think about what it's going to be like when that trumpet's going to sound. Amen. And when the dead in Christ is going to rise, I'm going to tell you, I think about that. I get excited and I can't sleep for two or three hours. Amen. <laughs> But well, listen to me, folks. I anticipate what heaven's going to be like. I anticipate the day where I'm going to lay my eyes on my Savior for the very first time. I anticipate falling before Him in His presence and allowing His glory to just to bask over me and praising Him and worshiping Him there. Amen? That gets me excited as a Christian. Alright, I'm going to tell you something. We start living with that mentality and thinking that way, you know what, we'll start feeling less sorry for ourselves, amen, and start getting concerned about the things God is concerned about, and guess what's going to happen? The joy of the Lord is going to fill our heart, amen. So listen, when you can't find a reason to rejoice, anticipate a reason to rejoice. How about this, number four? Create a reason to rejoice. Take your Bible. Let's flip over to Philippians chapter 2. You may be there already because we were there in four chapter 4. But I want you to notice this verse here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. I'm going to teach you a, a very important spiritual mature truth this morning. Alright? Now, a lot of times Sunday morning, we're giving the milk out a little bit. The milk of the Word. But let me tell you, you come to a church where we don't just give milk. We grow meat around here. Amen? We do it spiritually, we also do it physically. Come on, all right? And uh, But now I'm going to give you a meat truth this morning. And I want you to get this, I want you to understand. This will help us, amen? Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. All right, here's the fourth reason. Create a reason to rejoice. Notice what he says. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also ye joy and rejoice with me. Let me read that verse to you again. Think about what the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying this morning. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also ye joy and rejoice with me. You know what Paul was saying here? That one of the greatest joys of his life, you ready? Was serving others. Amen? Serving others. Every happy Christian has learned this. Amen. Every happy Christian. To be offered upon the sacrifice and service of someone else's faith, amen, brings more genuine joy than all the happiness this world tries to offer. Let me tell you when I'm the most happiest in my Christian life. All right. Okay. Number two is when I kill a big buck. All right. That's number. No, just kidding. All right. No. You know when I'm the most happiest? Is when. God uses me to help somebody else. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Knowing that as human beings, God chooses to work through us and use us is one of the most unbelievable things to me about God. Why in the world would He choose to partner with us to to do things that are going to matter for eternity? That is amazing to me. And let me tell you something, folks. There's just something about serving God and, and serving others that will fill your heart with joy and happiness more than anything else ever you'll ever find in this life. Amen? You know, you say, well, uh, why is that? Because that's the way God designed it, that's why. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, you know what? If you can only be happy if someone does something for you, then guess what? Your happiness is controlled by somebody else. You are giving other people power over your happiness. Now, folks, life is too short for me to hand the power of my joy and happiness to anybody else. Okay? Because let me just tell you what I've experienced in life, all right, that there's going to be people that don't make you happy and joyful. There's going to be people that, if you let them, will rob your joy and steal your joy and keeping them all the grubs all the time. And listen, folks, life is too short to live that way. Amen? I mean, come on. You know what we need to be doing? We need to learn to be happy by serving and sacrificing others. And by the way, when that's done, then think about this. Your happiness is controlled by you, not someone else. You know why a lot of Christians, you know, walking around like, you know, they're, they're uh, yeah, oh, oh, we're saved, we're on the winning side, but oh, look how bad things are. You know why a lot of Christians have a doom and gloom outlook on things? Okay? Because they're all about themselves. Selfishness! Amen? I'm going to tell you, you know who the most, some of the most miserable people in life are? Selfish people. They're, they're miserable. Because you know what? It's all about... I mean, I'm not even going to get into personal illustrations. But I, I, I have met people in my life that are Christians, but they don't really act like it. Nobody would want what they have. And you know what they all have in common? Selfishness. All about them. Amen? That's all life's about. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You will never find joy, happiness, and you will never rejoice if that is your, your, your mentality. Amen? Hey, hey, i got an idea. Hey, why don't you go find someone to do something for that can't repay you? By the way, isn't that true, really the true test of true Christianity? Because big deal, you know what Jesus said? So you give to someone who can give you back. What thank have ye? Don't even the Gentiles do that? Big whooping deal. You know what he, That's what he's saying. He said, you know what? Why don't you find someone do something for that has no way of repaying you? How about visit a widow and take her a gift? Won't you find a poor family and stop by and do something for their children? Won't you share the gospel with a lost neighbor? Well, that doesn't sound very appealing, you know. I, I'll just say this: if you're determined to only be happy when someone does something for you, be prepared to live a miserable life. Amen. Let me tell you something, folks: that's not the life our Savior's called for us to live. And people that live that way are miserable. Amen. So if you can't find a reason to rejoice, create a reason to rejoice. Let me give you the last one this morning. Take your Bible. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Very famous passage of Scripture here. And we'll uh, close out on this one right here. Y'all don't realize it or not, but I actually preach an hour message in about 30 minutes. Amen? Just because of how fast I preach. <laughs> Number five. Romans 8, 28. You ready for this? Discover a reason. Amen. Discover a reason to rejoice. Here we go. You know we know it, don't we? Very famous. Most of us, mo- many of us, have this memorized. All right. Here we go. And we, by the way, what's that word? Church? No. Okay. And we, know, by the way, we serve a no-so God. Okay. These people that well, I hope so. I think so. That's not the God of our Bible. Amen. God wants you to know some things. By the way, the first thing He wants you to know is that you're saved. Amen? Amen. And you can know that, and you ought to know that. And we know. What do we know? That all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. Listen to me, folks. One of the greatest secrets of the Christian life is to have faith in the eventual good of all situations. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now. If you try to figure out the why God, why God thing, you will drive yourself insane as a Christian. Okay? I do not claim to understand why God does what He does. And I'm going to make the statement I make probably almost every week. If you can wrap this measly thing around God, He's not much of a God. Okay? Be glad you serve a God you can't understand. Be glad you serve a God you can't figure out. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, if He was on our level, then He's not God at all. Amen? So I'm going to tell you something, folks. You're not always going to understand what God's doing. That's why the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, listen, folks. I mean, come on. God was smart enough to set everything up the way He did. Okay? By the way, didn't take Him years of design. didn't take Him, you know, uh, years of construction. He spoke it into existence. All right? I mean, come on. I mean, that's the kind of God we serve. And he was smart enough to set it up to where life goes on, life functions, life happens, always has been and always will be till God says enough's enough. All right. That's why this whole stupid thing, small little rabbit trail. Amen. All right. I don't chase many of them. Here's one. All right. That's why this whole stupid thing of climate change is a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of baloney. Amen. Let me tell you folks, God's already established how the thing's going to end. Mankind ain't going to change it one bit. I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of what God's given us, but this whole idea that they're trying to cram this down our throat, it's nothing more than part of the one world agenda that's about to come onto this planet. Amen? And as Christians, we need to stop being so stinking gullible, turn off stupid CNN and all that other garbage, amen, and get our face in the Word of God and start looking at things from a biblical perspective and not filter through the stinking, wicked, liberal media and bias that's out there in this world. Amen? Amen. All right? I'm going to tell you, as a Christian... You get your facts from the Word of God, have faith in the Word of God, and you'll be way more rejoicing than you will down to molly grubs. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm not saying, again, it's not smart to know what's going on, but we got to be careful. I'm going to tell you, that stuff's a stinking cancer that will eat and steal your joy right out of your heart. Amen? Let me tell you something, folks. God knows everything that's going on. Everything God allows to happen is for a reason, is for a purpose. It all plays out according to His will. You know what that's called? God being sovereign. And by the way, we either believe that we serve a sovereign God or we don't. Now, it's easy to say that we believe that when tragedy doesn't come to our family. It's easy to say we believe that when we're healthy and money's in our bank account. I'm going to tell you, there's coming a day, folks, where, you know what, all that stuff may not be there. By the way, life is very fragile. Health is very fragile. Okay, And you know what? You can literally have it one minute and not have it another minute. And when 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 life happens and these things come to pass, you know what? We need to remember what the Bible tells us here, and we need to know that all things work together for good. Amen? And discover a reason to rejoice. By the way, even if God is not allowing things to go well for us right now, God still has a plan, and God is still working everything out for our good and for His glory. By the way, God does not have to explain Himself to us. He's God. Okay? And we've got to get to the point where we either trust God or we don't trust God. And we need to st- stop putting God on trial every time something bad happens to us and, you know, wanting to throw an accusing finger in the face of God. Well, why God? Why God? Why God? Okay? And blame Him every time. Hey, as a Christian, will not you just trust Him? Amen? will not you just trust Him? And you know what? God may or may not allow us to figure out why He does what He does. He owes us no explanation He's God. But you know what we ought to be doing as His children? Trusting Him. I mean, I remember as a kid, there's things my dad told me, my parents told me. I didn't get, I didn't understand, because I was a kid. But you know what? They had my best interests at heart. And here's what I learned real quick. It was smart to listen to mom and dad. Okay? And by the way, if I didn't listen to mom and dad, my dad had a persuasive way to teach me it was important to listen to him. Amen? (laughs) Amen? All right? Listen, parents know better than children because they have more experience. They've been down the road more. They're more mature. They understand more. Now take that same concept except multiply it by one billion and turn it up to God. Amen? Listen, folks, God has as His children our best interest at heart. He loves us. He cares for us. And anything He would allow in our lives, I'm telling you, He's working something. He's trying to accomplish something if we'll simply trust Him and allow Him to do it. Amen? So listen to me, folks. You must discover a reason to rejoice. By the way, if you'll learn these secrets to the Christian life as far as this thing of rejoicing, you will be a much happier person. By the way, not will you be happier, everyone else around you will be happier. I mean, come on. Have you ever been around someone that literally drained the life out of you because you're around them? I mean, I'm talking about Christians. Christians. You know, I mean, you're around them and all of a sudden it's just, you know, you walk away, you know, thinking the, light, the, the sky's falling, right? Listen, I don't want people to be worse off because they're around me. I want to be better because they're around me. Amen? Brother Epley told me something yesterday and it's a testament to you, the people. Here's what he said. He said, you know, every time I've been to your church and I've left, I've, I've left feeling refreshed. That's what the man of God said about the people of this church. Amen? And folks, I'm not necessarily bragging on us. I'm bragging on our God. That's because we're allowing God to work through us. By the way, let's keep it up. Amen? All right, And let's not just impact the guest preachers coming through here. Let's take that same influence God has put in us and impact this lost and dying world for Jesus Christ. Hey, the people you work with, they need to know that kind of God. Our neighbors, uh, those that we interact with, they need to know that kind of God. And by the way, you know, more than likely, the reason God allows certain things is so that we can be of better use to draw more people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I told our young people this this morning. I said, you know what? I want you to think about it for a minute. Okay, our time, our, our time in eternity. By the way, folks, it's going to be here before you know it. Even if we get our, our measly vapor, 70 plus 3 score and 10, 80, 70 to 80, if, it, if God chooses to give us that vapor, what is that compared to eternity? I mean, I think about it for a minute, okay? We talked last, last Sunday we preached about the river of life, the tree of life, and that great day of life up in heaven, amen? Think about that time where we're going to be together around that tree of life and around that river of life and, and, and just, just in awe of all the beauties of heaven. Think about that for a minute. I mean, come on, you think we're going to be up there saying, oh man, it was so hard on earth. I can't believe God had us go through all that. Oh man, what a hard miserable time it was. You think for one second that's going to be a fleeting thought? Are you kidding me, folks? You know what? We're going to be up there rejoicing and thankful, all right, what God has done. And you know what? We need to translate that mentality and use it to motivate us to be what God would have for us to be while we walk on this earth. Amen? Let me tell you, the best way to do that is for us as Christians to have rejoicing in our heart so that we can then affect other people. So how do we do it? All right? Number one, remember a reason. Number two, borrow a reason. Number three, anticipate a reason. Number four, create a reason. Number five, discover a reason to rejoice.